Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 105 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Our main story? Your Fitbit can tell you a lot about how your body is working. Now scientists are wondering if wearable technology like this can help detect the earliest signs of coronavirus infection and help us combat the pandemic. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. The outlook for the global economy in the wake of coronavirus just got worse. The International Monetary Fund said they now project the recession will be deeper and the recovery slower than they thought it would two months ago. Today, the IMF said it expects global gross domestic product to shrink 4.9% this year. They had predicted 3% in April. The shock to the supply chain was larger than the IMF anticipated. And for nations struggling to control the virus spread, a longer lockdown also will take a toll on growth. That accounts for the fund's more pessimistic view. In the U.S., spikes in Sunbelt states continue, while the virus situation improves in former hotspots. Now, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut will require visitors from virus hotspots to quarantine for 14 days to avoid a resurgence in cases. The announcement is a reversal from March, when Texas and Florida ordered quarantines from the Northeast states where cases were surging. Arizona, California, and Texas all set records for new cases on Tuesday. Finally, Another disease could ravage certain populations because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Tuberculosis could cause at least 110,000 additional deaths in China, India, and South Africa, according to a study published by the European Respiratory Journal. Disruptions to health services and delays to diagnosis and treatment will likely increase TB fatalities. That could have a greater impact on drug-resistant TB patients, as they often require longer treatment.
To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. And now for today's main story. The NBA is giving players the option to wear a device that tracks their health data when basketball games begin this July. This device, called an Aura Ring, can measure things like the body's temperature and heart rate. The hope is that it could provide the league with early warning signs that someone may have contracted an illness like COVID-19. Bloomberg reporter Kristen V. Brown reports that the move is part of a larger conversation about whether or not wearable technology like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch can help fight the pandemic. Here's Kristen. Every day, I get a text from a Stanford research group reminding me to fill out a series of questions. The questions are pretty straightforward. They're mostly related to COVID-19. Do you have any symptoms to report today? No? Feeling good? Have you received the results from any COVID-19 test today? Nope. Any other symptoms? Mm, I guess not really. I kind of had a tummy ache. Do you think that counts? I've been participating in this study for several weeks now. And when I'm done with my questionnaire, I also send them the data my Apple Watch has captured for the day. The study is just one of several happening around the world, as scientists race to find out if wearable technology can play a role in the fight against the pandemic. They want to see if our Fitbits can help predict whether users have contracted COVID-19 days before they exhibit any discernible symptoms, like a fever. A lot of the time, when people talk about predicting trends in infectious diseases like COVID-19, they compare it to predicting the weather. Neither is a sure science. You can just make an educated guess. But to help more accurately predict the weather, we have all kinds of sensors in place all over the world. Wearables could function in the same way for disease prediction. Initially, the makers of devices like the Fitbit touted the ability of wearables to help users count steps, stay active, or monitor sleep. Increasingly, though, they have also been used to detect illness. Past research has shown that this biometric data could spot health problems, including high blood pressure, heart arrhythmias, and early-stage cancer. If wearables could accurately detect COVID-19 cases early on, it could aid efforts to help monitor new outbreaks of the virus. This could take some of the pressure off of testing and contact tracing programs. Jennifer Radden is leading one of these studies at Scripps Translational Research Institute in San Diego, California. She says they're basing these studies off of previous research that was published this January. What we found is that we had a um, data set of 200,000 Fitbit users who wore their device for about two years. And we found that if you identified weeks where individuals had um, a resting heart rate and sleep that was greater than their individual norm or average during the study period, 
that the proportion of um, Fitbit users each week who had this abnormal data was predictive of influenza-like illness. And we were able to predict influenza-like illness in real time. Jennifer says that this kind of data could be really powerful when responding to COVID-19. Scripps is monitoring the heart rate of about 30,000 volunteers to look for early signs of disease. So getting this data in real time um, has the potential to really improve um, outbreak response and be able to identify when things are occurring and also be able to zoom in and identify kind of where those hotspots are. So in the U.S., um, one in five Americans wears a smartwatch or fitness tracker. So there's the potential to really harness a large um, amount of data for many users across the country. Like a lot of other research groups, Jennifer's work focuses on the heart rate data that these devices collect. Heart rate, it turns out, can be a really good predictor of whether someone is getting sick. Jennifer says heart rate data can actually be a far better predictor of illness than more noticeable symptoms, like a fever. That's especially true for COVID-19, since so many people are asymptomatic. And often, it seems there are changes to a person's heart rate long before other symptoms of an illness appear. Similar research from Stanford showed that wearables were able to detect an infection as early as nine days before someone started showing symptoms of COVID-19. Jennifer also says that because many people are asymptomatic, trying to use data like temperature can miss a lot of cases. So lots of people with COVID don't... um have a fever or they don't develop one early on in their infection. And there's also many uh, asymptomatic cases out there who don't develop any symptoms. So we think that just looking at temperature alone, you might miss many cases out there. But we think that resting heart rate and these other uh, metrics collected with your wearables um, can potentially be an an earlier warning signal that something's going on. Um, And the, again, the great thing about the wearables is that we get each person's unique individual baseline so that we're not comparing you to the population average. We're comparing you to yourself over time. And that allows us to kind of identify more subtle changes in your data that may indicate something's going on in your health. This data could not only predict who's getting sick, but monitor a huge number of people relatively easily. Kim Knoll is the director of telehealth at Stony Brook University on Long Island in New York. She has her own wearable study. She says that this information could potentially be really valuable in helping states to reopen safely. The hope is that we, as a society, define ways to determine risk for COVID. And, you know, whoever determines that wins the grand prize of helping us reopen safely. The question we're really asking is, what is the role of technology and wearable tech in in contributing to that, to answering that question of who's at high risk and who's going to get sick? And we don't know that yet, you know? And so there's promise that if we have something that's passive enough, that gives us early flat red flags, that we can then act upon that data. Kim had COVID-19 herself, And that was a big part of what motivated her work. 
I was very committed to understanding my own risk. You know, what was my temperature going to be and will I get sick again? These are the, these are the premise um, questions, hypotheses that we have in the study. She says the data isn't just important for public health officials. It could also help people make better decisions in their own daily lives. Devices that can reliably predict the onset of COVID-19 could play a major role in reopening workplaces, restaurants, and stores safely. A company could, for example, encourage returning workers to use an Apple Watch to look for signs they're in early stages of the illness. The NBA is planning to do just that as basketball games resume in July. You can say like, well, my temperature is rising. I don't have a fever yet, but my ring tells me that I might be sick of COVID. Let me, self, let me social distance. That would be the dream of what, what we could aspire towards if we had the ability to know for certain that we could rely on that data. On an individual level, of course, that data cannot definitively tell you whether you're coming down with COVID-19 or the flu or maybe just experiencing an elevated heart rate because you're excited about a first date. But when taken together, all of that data suddenly becomes meaningful. That was Kristen V. Brown. You can read her story with Tom Giles on wearables in the June 22nd issue of Bloomberg Businessweek or at Bloomberg.com. And that's our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Kristen V. Brown. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Shine and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.